Hey, thanks to our Four Parks uh, One Mission volunteers this week. I saw some pictures and videos and stuff, and you guys did fantastic and taking the love of Jesus and the message of the gospel out into the community. You guys are awesome. Did you have fun? Yeah. And uh, also thanks to the 5K racers and the volunteers who uh, had such a great race here yesterday morning. Nice, really nice job there. Okay. Hey, this morning I, I feel very clearly led by the Lord to do something differently than we normally do. Uh, I don't mean it as an apology, just as a heads up. Um, for those of you who may be new here today, um, this isn't normally how we roll next. Usually I talk for about a half an hour from the Bible, then we just open it up and see what the Lord wants to do. Um, but uh, today, I feel very much inclined to lead us in prayer. We need to pray. As a church, church, we need to pray. Uh, we, need to, we need to pray. We have a very committed core of intercessors who meet, some of them meet with me on Thursday mornings at 6.15. Others of them meet on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. Some of them actually leave the property. They actually drove 270 and prayed the loop last, uh, this past week. Uh, we have a very committed core of intercessors. That means people who make it their ministry to pray and to pray for you and to pray for this church. And that's fantastic because we live as beneficiaries of that level of commitment. And uh, that's great. But what I sense the Lord calling from us today is for everybody to pray, is to get everybody engaged this morning for prayer, prayer for the church. Um, uh, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. There's nothing that's broken. I'm just saying the Lord's calling us this morning to pray together as a church. I've been sensing that leading from the Lord all week long. I ran it by the elders and they concurred. Um, there's, just, there's just been a lot going on that we need to rise up and pray. And that was uh, no more confirmed for me than in the middle of the night last night when Karen and I were called to the hospital to help our dear brother Brian Nelson go home to be with the Lord. And, um, you know, um, he, he's, a, he's a dear brother in the Lord. Praise God he's with Jesus. Praise God he's in heaven. He's a dear brother in the Lord who just last Wednesday found out he had cancer and went home to be with the Lord last night. Yeah, and uh, praise God for him. Praise God for him and his wife, Patricia. I remember the day that I met them. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was 15 years ago, I guess, and I remember the day that I met them. Uh, we were riding motorcycles. A bunch of us in the church were out riding our motorcycles, and they connected with us and rode with us, and we stopped somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and sat down in this little diner and well, I happened to sit down with them and met them right there in, the, at, in that little diner. And they, uh, they became such an integral part of our church. And many of you know that Patricia, Brian's wife, for over, over a decade faithfully led our homeless ministry every Tuesday night, taking food, taking clothing, and, and, and she's a real warrior, taking the power of God into the homeless camps of Columbus. And, and many of you joined in, and it was uh, my privilege several times to go out with her. Well, he went home to be with the Lord last night. And, 
and, and that's, that's not a bad thing in and of itself, because the Bible says it's appointed unto every man once to die. I know that. I know that, that every one of us is going to have a day coming. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a reality. But it just seems like there's been too much of it lately. It just seems like there's been too much cancer lately in this fellowship. It seems like there's been too much sickness for a group of people who hold as one of our core values that God heals us, right? And so, and so that's why I feel like God is calling, calling me to, to get us praying together. And that's where you come in. And it, it might be a little bit awkward for some of you, uh, in particular if you're here as a guest today or newer, it might feel a little bit awkward. And again, I don't offer that as an apology, but just as a heads up that today is going to be uh, just a little bit different. I feel like the Lord wants, wants me to help us get focused on this prayer by looking at a prayer that, that he prayed, that he prayed. Now, in all four of the Gospels, there's only one thing the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them to do. What was it? To pray. Do you find that amazing? They saw him walk on water, and they didn't say, could you teach us how to walk on water? Peter just tried it, right? They saw him feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, and they didn't say, hey, could you? They saw him raise Lazarus from the dead. They didn't say, could you, could you teach us how to do that? But the one thing they asked him to teach them was what? How to pray. They saw him pray in public. And then he would oftentimes just disappear from them, right? And he'd go up into the hills to do what? To pray. And they were so struck by that, that of all the things that they saw Jesus ever do, they said, Lord, we want to know how to do that. We want, and surely they saw that all these other things I just mentioned flowed from a life of of his prayer with the Father. I find that fascinating. It's the only thing they ever asked him to teach them. And he said, yeah, I will. And he made some comments about not making a big show about it in front of people. And then he said, when you pray, it should be like this. And, and he prayed the, the thing that we often call the Lord's Prayer, perhaps maybe second to John 3.16, the most well-known passage of the Scripture on all the earth. Say it if you know it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. There are all kinds of different believers who gather up in different settings with different names on the sign who freely pray those words. And I have no no issue at all, obviously, with the church saying those words as long as we don't think that they're magic words that can just be said without being prayed. Because as many of you may, may know, Jesus was perceived as a rabbi, as a teacher, and he functioned as a teacher. And since there was no way to take notes back in those days, 
then the rabbis would teach in very, very memorable outline form. And so the Lord's Prayer, he said, when you pray, pray like this. And he gave six points for them to remember so that it would get in their heads. But they weren't magic words. He says, when you pray, pray along these lines. Pray this way. And he started and he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he begins with an expression of praise. Our Father in heaven, you are holy, is what that means. Hallowed means revered. It means holy. And so Jesus is teaching us that when we pray, we start with praise. We just praise God for who he is, yes? And we just praise him. And we let our hearts rejoice and praise God for who he is. He's holy. And yet he's our Father. Our Father. This scandalous thing that Jesus preached. Our Father. He's holy. He's the holy, perfect Lord of the universe. And yet he intimately is our Father. And he says, just start by celebrating that. Praising God for his holiness. Praising God for his Father's love for us. Hallowed be thy what? Thy name. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in God's name. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I will do for you. In the name of Jesus. So we start our our praise or our prayer just by praising God and celebrating his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is about heaven touching earth, isn't it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says, our Father which is in heaven, and we can picture that, and typically we picture him as some distant land, right? But Jesus said that's not what it is at all. He's right here. There's a crossable membrane, if you will, between this world and the kingdom. It's right here. It's a parallel reality. The king, your kingdom come now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, right here among us, as it is in heaven. This is the kingdom of God. Prayer, prayer proceeds just by surrendering to his will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I praise you, and now I surrender. Without reservation, I surrender to you, God, and your will, and I invite you to come and bury your kingdom, your rule and your reign, into this place. And give us this day our daily bread. Our daily what? Bread. Asking God for the things that we need. For the things that we need. I mean, what do you really need here, right? What do you really need? What do you really need? Answer that question for yourself. What do you really need? He said, give us this day our daily bread. This creates dependence, right, on God. Prayer creates dependence. I I need this from you, Lord. I need this from you. And he says, give us just today our daily bread. He says, don't even think about tomorrow. A little later on, he says, don't even worry about tomorrow. All you have assurance of is right now, right? That's it. So we pray for today. This creates consistent dependence. This creates return dependence on the Lord, doesn't it? Children, you're raising your children at home. You notice that they come back for lunch? 
Did you notice that? They come back. Well, didn't I just feed you this morning? This is the relationship that Jesus is telling us to develop with our Heavenly Father. Give us His day, just today. I'm just going to ask you for what I need today, Lord. My daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. At the center of our relationship with God, listen, at the center of our relationship with God is an ongoing need for forgiveness. Who here has had their first perfect day yet? Exactly. At the center of our relationship with God in our prayer life is a renewal of the covenant of grace. There's a revisiting of our need for forgiveness. And he goes on to say that that when this authentically happens, that we automatically will become people of grace, not judgment. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He says it even more strongly after he finishes this. And he says, if you forgive men of their sins, God will forgive you. If you don't, he won't. What's he saying? He's saying that an indication that you have authentically entered into the covenant of forgiveness with God is that you are becoming a forgiving person. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're at war. And we need God's help. We're in a battle. And we need God's armor. Ephesians 6 talks about this full armor of God. Today I'm most interested in the shield. I'm asking you, church, to raise your shield. I'm asking you, church, to come together in one heart and one mind and raise your shield. How many of you can picture something from maybe a movie you saw where those ancient soldiers would lock their shields together, right? They would lock them together. That's what we need to do today, beloved. We need to lock our shields together because we're at war. And I'm just putting my foot down against all this cancer and all this disease that is coming into our house. And I need you to fight with me. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Full circle return to praise. Starts with praise. Hallowed be thy name. All the way through. Now we're back. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Praise God for being king. Praise God because he's king. Praise God because he's king. Praise God because he's king. Praise God, church, because he's king. Praise God, church. Praise God, church. Praise God, church, because he's king. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life, praise God, He's King. That doesn't change. Praise God because He's the epicenter of true power. For thine is the kingdom and the power. Whether you're caught up in the power flow or not, He's still the source of power. Praise God. And for thine is the glory. Thine is the glory. Glory is what God is. Glory is what God is. If God were made of substance, it would be called glory. When Jesus, when Jesus performed his first miracle in Cana of Galilee, where he changed water into wine, the Bible says, and he thus revealed his glory. God's glory. 
praise him for being glory. Our whole job is to just keep the surface shined up so that we can reflect God's glory, right? That's our whole job. Keep it polished. Keep it polished. Come on, polish it up, right? So that we can just reflect God's glory back to him. That's what this is for, brother. God's blessed some of us with a more natural ability to reflect his glory than others. I pity these guys who have hair on the top of their heads, right? This is a little glory screen here. That's why you bow your head when you pray. You just reflect the glory of God right back. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. What's the last word? Amen. Amen. What does that mean? It's an exclamation point on the, what, what you just prayed. It's not, a, it's not a little thing to say. It is a PowerPoint. Amen. This is true. And, and he taught us, I believe, to put amen on the end of this prayer because he's saying there's a time when it's time to stop praying and get moving. There's a time when you've prayed, you've come into his presence, you've encountered him. Now get up and go. There's a time to stand up. And there's a time to go. I love that Exodus chapter 14 where Moses has led the people out of Egypt and they're right up against the edge of the Red Sea and the Egyptian army is bearing down on them and he's crying out to God, what are we going to do, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? I love verse 15 when God says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Stop crying out to me and stretch out your staff, man. I've given you everything you need. Now go. This is not the place to have a prayer meeting, he says. Say amen and go. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And it's time for some of you to stand up and go. You ready to pray? You know, what's going to happen next is going to create a little tension of awkward. And I want, to, I want to just say this. Whoever you are, whether you're new here, whether you started this church with us in the living room, whoever you are, I absolutely respect you for whatever decision you make next. So if you want to stay where you are, that's fine. I, I, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not even going to remember, all right? And I want to say to you, church, whatever happens next, don't be looking around and see who does what. This is between you and God, all right? This is, what other people do is none of your business, right? So I just want to give you liberty, whoever you are, wherever you're sitting here, to do what is in your heart to do without judgment, Okay? But I want to say to you, as many of you who will, please come up right now and help me pray.